Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tech Discourses. I'm Ratan Vig, your host today. Today, we are going to talk about a topic which has been a subject of much debate and much heated debate of late, social media and content moderation. So let's dive right into it. All content platforms and social media companies must keep the content flowing because that is the business model. That is the lifeblood of their business. Content captures attention, provides viewership and generates data. And content is the starting and the end point of consumer's journey on social media. A video, an information post, a tweet, a blog post, a picture or a public service advisory are all types of content. The platforms then sell that viewership data enriched by other data about each viewer and each visitor to their social media platform to third parties and consume the data themselves. But the question then arises, and, and this is a question that is at the heart of the debate. How do you deal with the objectionable, disgusting, or pornographic, or illegal, or otherwise inappropriate content uploaded alongside legitimate content. So for example, how do Facebook and other tech and social media companies ensure integrity of content on their networks? And how do these companies work to curb misinformation on their platforms about the uh, coronavirus pandemic or the 2020 elections or any other global or regional event? We have seen in the past state and non-state sponsored actors with nefarious nefarious intent take advantage of lax content posting norms and take entire uh, sections of society for a ride dangerous fake news has spread on platforms platforms like facebook in us in uk in myanmar where the rohingya ethnic minority were persecuted united nations has clearly blamed the role of social media in spreading the persecution in myanmar and this is not the only example of its kind following the persecution of rohingya muslims in myanmar many rohingya muslims fled to uh, countries like india where uh, where they were further pr- persecuted and facebook had a vital role to play in it and and uh, the dominant uh, religion in those countries used facebook as an effective media to campaign against rohingya muslims Misinformation campaigns on Facebook have interfered with democratic elections around the world. Uh, Not only democratic elections, after a man used Facebook to live stream his attack on two New Zealand mosques in March 2019, the video quickly spread. YouTube moderators fought hard, uh, hard taking down the video as newer versions kept popping up, seemingly beating the controls that YouTube had put in place to Uh, to immediately flag already removed material. The uploaders were able to sneak past these controls by using a loophole. Exact re-uploads of the video are banned by YouTube. However, videos that contain clips of the original footage must be sent to human moderators for review, thereby delaying the process. And again, this loophole existed for a purely legitimate reason, to ensure that the news that use a portion of the video for their segments aren't removed the process. In 2017, a live stream on Facebook showed the fatal shooting of a 74-year-old retiree in Cleveland, while also showing a man murdering his own child in Thailand. Both the videos remained online for hours and dragged up hundreds of thousands of views.
In a December 2017 report, ProPublica took a revealing look at content moderation. ProPublica gathered from its users 900 examples of where users believed that Facebook content moderation was incorrectly applied. ProPublica then selected 49 of such posts and asked Facebook to explain. Rather shockingly, yet unsurprisingly, Facebook admitted to an error by its moderators in 22 out of 49 posts. Just imagine that figure. 22 out of 49 means approximately 45% or half of all the posts in the sample had moderation applied incorrectly. incorrectly. No amount of explaining can explain that. Facebook serves as a platform for billions of regular users to post, view, and offer feedback about the content hosted on its servers. But when that content is more terrorist propaganda than brunch photo or when it becomes pawn rather than essential context to an image, the company has struggled to determine the right approach to removing the content in time. The traditional methods of company moderators reviewing user-reported infractions is too time-consuming, while the AI-powered algorithms are too imprecise. With the COVID-19 risk, content moderators were uh, sent home, and Facebook leadership has announced with much fanfare that it, ha it is now going to employ AI and machine learning to control and moderate the content. Without proper technology, connectivity, and safety requirements met, Facebook's automated system took full control, and that was an unmitigated disaster, leading to widespread blocking or deleting of posts mentioning coronavirus from reputable sources such as the Independent and the Dallas Morning News, not to mention millions of individual Facebook users. Those automated systems had serious problems. Content from legitimate sources, verified fact-check sources, and sources with history of posting appropriate and trustworthy content is suddenly being targeted. While there were always instances of some posts which were, which were tagged erroneously, there is an order of magnitude increase in such instances in the post-COVID world. Clearly, the strategy to have AI and ML-based program call, calling the shots hasn't worked. Facebook is actually blocked COVID-19 posts from fact-based sources, its own investigation revealed. On March 17, 2020, according to an Yahoo News article, Facebook suffered from a massive bug in its newsfeed spam filter, causing URLs to legitimately to legitimate websites, including Medium, BuzzFeed, and reputable websites like USA Today, to be blocked from being shared as posts or comments. The issue blocked shares of some but not all coronavirus-related content, while some in unrelated links were allowed to go through and some related links were not, ironically. Facebook has been trying to fight back against misinformation related to the outbreak, but may have gotten overzealous or experienced a, a technical error. In related uh, fi findings, many uh, industry experts and many users believed that Facebook favored news coming in from conservative websites heavily and cracked down on, on the news from other sources, sometimes completely ironically and completely disingenuously.
According to a just released report by NYU Stern, Facebook content moderators review posts, pictures, and videos that have been flagged by AI or reported by users about 3 million times a day. 3 million posts flagged are up for review every single day. So that is 3 million pieces of content just flagged for review out of possibly billions and billions of content postings out there. And since CEO Mark Zuckerberg admitted in a white paper that moderators make the wrong call in more than one out of every 10 cases, that means 300,000 times a day mistakes happen. So is it all just an experiment gone wrong? Or did the novel coronavirus catch the social media content moderation framework at its, at its worst time? The one thing that we know for sure is that you cannot have a full safe proof method. Generally, the response by top social media companies to incidents and, and critiques of the social media platforms is primarily that we are going to put more computational power on it, or we are going to put more human eyeballs on it, or in other words, just throw money at the problem and, and hope the problem goes away. And that is generally fine, you know, for it, for it attempts to resolve the problem, or at least is seen as an attempt to resolve the problem with, the, with or without adequate results. The focus is not on the results, rather on the proclivity to be seen as doing something. Let's look at what goes on in Facebook in detail. Facebook uses more than 70 external partners and fact-checking firms. According to Facebook, it has over 30,000 people working on safety and security. About half of them, or 15,000 people, are direct content reviewers working out of 20 offices around the world. Facebook employs almost all of these 15,000 content moderators indirectly, mostly as outsourced workers. In similar context, YouTube employs an expected 10 to 12,000 people to patrol all of YouTube and Google's content. And similarly, Twitter employs close to 2,000 people in its content review and moderation teams. Generally speaking, content management or content review falls into two main buckets. The first is content moderation, where the content moderators, mostly contractors working on behalf of, let's say, Facebook or Twitter, check the content for violations like nudity, sexual content, racism, hate speech, acts of violence or promoting violence, violating laws and community standards, child pornography and like. Moderators are responsible for reviewing the flagged content and removing it in accordance with the policy of the social media platform. The second bucket is a third-party fact-checking system where, for example, Facebook again employs more than 70 third-party organization, organizations, primarily news outlets and pre prominent individuals to check a particular content as true or false. The difference between content moderation and fact-checking primarily is uh, that in fact-checking, the content is labeled as true or false, and depending on the label, it's promoted or demoted. Based on the result, it is any one of the many actions can be taken against the content. Either the content is either left up or it is demoted or additional labels of fact-checking are added or additional constraints are placed including monetary impacts or all of the foregoing uh, actions in extreme cases. 
according to content management and comprehensive community standards page on facebook directly the efforts to moderate and regulate content have got three stages facebook has divided the entire process into three parts the first part is the policy development process the content policy team at facebook is responsible for developing community standards there are people in 11 offices around the world 11 different countries around the world presumably including subject matter experts on issues such as hate speech child safety and terrorism and many of uh, the people working on these issues of expression and safety have a long history and a celebrated history of of working in social causes once these people have put the rule book together of what constitutes a uh, hate speech of or or what constitutes a violation of the community or or the laws of the land that rule book is provided to the content moderators now comes the second step which is enforcement of policies developed previously through the global content moderator workforce Facebook uses a combination of artificial intelligence and reports from people to identify posts, pictures or other content that likely violates their community standards. These reports are reviewed by community operations team who work 24/7 in over 40 languages, presumably again in over 40 different countries. Facebook's fact-checking rules dictate that pages can have their reach and advertising limited on the platform if they repeatedly spread information deemed inaccurate by its fact-checking partners. This is in addition to the content moderation process. The company operates a strike basis, meaning a page can post inaccurate information and receive a one-strike warning before the platform takes action. Two strikes in a 90-day period means the account will be put into a repeat of end status which can lead to a reduction in distribution of the account's content and a temporary block on advertising on the platform and finally facebook launched a review process last year in this review process a news organization or a politician can appeal the decision to attach a label to one of its posts and facebook employees who then work with content partners decide if an appeal is a high priority issue or a pr risk in which case they log it in an internal task management system as a as an uh, information escalation and somebody from the senior leadership teams is then supposed to act on that within 24 hours if facebook's content moderators have 3 million posts to moderate each day that's about 200 per person that is about 25 posts each and every hour in an 8 hour shift that's under 2 and a half minutes for each post and those are tough standards according to the nyu stern report recently released and according to some recent investigations by buzzfeed and news articles by nbc folks and others the problem of content reviews whether it's content moderation by moderators or third party fact checking by independent news organizations and individuals is more structural and institutional in nature the novel coronavirus just exposed a side of it and perhaps aggravated the outcomes however the problem was always there According to an NBC news article, Facebook has allowed conservative news outlets and personalities to repeatedly spread false information without facing any of the company's stated penalties according to uh, leaked materials posted by NBC News. 
According to internal discussions from the last six months, Facebook relaxed its rules so that conservative pages, including those run by Breitbart or former Fox News personalities, Diamond and Silk, the nonprofit media outlet Prior U, and the pundit Charlie Kirk, were not penalized for violations of the company's misinformation policies. The list and descriptions of these escalations, leaked to NBC News once again, showed that Facebook employees in the misinformation escalation team, with direct oversight from company leadership, deleted strikes during the review process that were issued to some conservative partners for posting misinformation over the last six months. The discussions of the review showed that the Facebook employees were worried that complaints about Facebook's fact-checking could go public and fueled allegations that the social network was biased against conservatives. In another related case, a senior engineer at one of the top social media giants collected internal evidence that showed the company was giving preferential treatment to prominent conservative accounts to help them remove fact-check from their content, according to BuzzFeed. The company responded by removing the post from the engineer and restricted internal access to the information that he cited. And a week later, the engineer was fired, according to internal posts seen by BuzzFeed News. Many employees at top social media companies like Facebook, Twitter, and others have expressed deep anguish on their internal intercompany platforms amid growing internal concerns about the uh, social media's competence in handling misinformation and the precautions it is taking to ensure that the platforms are not used to disrupt or mislead uh, general public ahead of the 2020 elections. Third-party fact-checking also suffers from severe debilitating factors, severely limiting its outreach. Scale becomes an issue for the fact-checkers as most organizations Facebook has contracted the work out to of of fact-checking the the content that, that gets reported. Typically, only allocate handful of people to the task of fact fact checking these organizations are you know ask or or you know have their employees doing multitasking uh, who are responsible for fact checking facebook posts coupled with an impossible amount of fact checking requests which are coming in means that the people are constantly and always backlogged According to Sarah Roberts, a pioneering scholar of content moderation and an information studies expert at the UCLA, the social media companies handle the activities of content moderation in a fashion that diminishes its importance and obscures how the activities of content moderation work. The idea is simple. Make it obscure and muddy the waters to achieve plausible deniability. Something straight out of the playbook of top politicians and business executives. Plausible deniability. Content moderation is a mission critical activity, yet most social companies, social media companies, I'm sorry, fulfill it with their most precarious employees and mostly by just outsourcing the entire journey of content moderation. Just as companies save significant amount of money by outsourcing transport logistics or janitorial and food services, outsourcing content moderation saves these social media giants tons of money. Just as we pointed out earlier, between Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, 
there are close to 40, maybe 50,000 content moderators working across the globe. And the number of these people is only growing. Even at a conservative estimate of 40,000 people, that is outsourcing work equivalent to uh, four medium scale outsourcing service providers and 100% of and, and it would account for 100% of work at these at these uh, medium scale uh, outsourcing service providers typically uh, if if each of these um, outsourcing services providers has got about 10 to 12000 employees then we are talking about four companies having 100% of work and 100% of their people employed only for content moderation. That's the scale that we are talking about. The, however, uh, due to the uh, benefits of outsourcing and due to the lure of, of uh, keeping the content moderation out of the uh, main Silicon Valley agenda and, and the uh, main Silicon Valley focus, the idea is to keep it away so that it's kept out of news as far as possible. Not only that, most social media companies do not allow any kind of an independent access or any kind of an independent audit of their content moderation practices. The lack of access and the lack of willingness by social media companies to allow any kind of scrutiny of their moderation practices has made content moderation a kind of a black box ops where only few people know what takes place. This is certainly by design and it is not an accident that the top social media companies choose the convenience of maintaining plausible deniability and the wait and watch approach while incendiary content burns and lights fire to everything around it. So let's talk about the content moderators. What about content moderators? According to Guy Rosen, uh, VP of Integrity at Facebook, content moderation is a really arduous job. Numerous people have brought this issue to the fore that content moderation takes a toll on the health of the people doing the job, just like um, physical work in the field exposing the workers to harmful elements and, and chemicals takes a toll on their bodies. Uh, doing content moderation, sitting in an air-conditioned office, does take a toll on the mental health of the content moderators. Watching countless hours of sadistic, violent, disturbing, and purely horrific content day in and day out takes its toll. How do you get those hours of visions and thoughts out of your head when you head back home? It's impossible. It's impossible. You cannot do that. Those sights and sounds stay with you. As a content moderator, it's really hard to live a normal life after watching eight hours of non-stop violence and disturbing content. In the recent past, a former Facebook moderator sued Facebook, accusing the platform of psychological harm. Former Microsoft employees sued Microsoft for similar reasons after the alleged trauma for, from reviewing child porn. In a more recent report, The Verge carried out a scathing review of the job conditions for content moderators at Facebook and the harrowing conditions surrounding the job in general. As one employee interviewed in the report put it, we are doing something that, that is darkening our soul, or whatever you call it. What, what else can you do at that point? The one thing that makes us laugh is actually damaging us.
I had to watch myself when I was joking around in public. I would accidentally say offensive things all the time and then be like, oh crap, I'm at the grocery store. I cannot be talking like this. Accenture, which performs content moderation for social media companies, has its employees sign a form that directly acknowledges that reviewing such content may be harmful to mental health and can even lead to PTSD. Further, one moderator recalls that uh, videos showing men in black baklavas using machine guns to mow down captives in orange jumpsuits and a, whim- uh, and a woman we- wearing an abaya being stoned to death and an alleged sex offender in Russia getting whipped to death and animal torture are some of the common videos and common images that they face and, and they have to work with on a daily basis. There have been well-documented cases of content moderators in countries like Ireland and UK and, and Europe seeking professional help to cope with the pressures of their job and one that is not expected from uh, an, an office job. Um, and, and this is a relatively new phenomenon and it has been well once again well documented and well researched and uh, people like guy rosen uh, and and other industry experts commonly acknowledge that watching uh, disturbing content takes a toll on the mental health of their content moderate so is it purely an evil design at play at these social media giants when it comes to moderating content or it's deeper than that so to to be fair to all, including the social media companies, Facebook and other social media giants do face somewhat of an uphill battle in their efforts of moderating the content. The moment any post, video or content gets tagged or labeled as requiring fact-checking or misleading or inappropriate, the authors or posters are quick to raise hell about dictatorship, suppression of free, free speech and infringement of people's inalienable right of expression. There is always a debate between balancing free speech versus freedom from cruelty and hatred or debate between balancing freedom of expression versus the right to speak against bullies, for example. A recent attempt by Twitter to mark certain tweets from the president himself caused a storm and a PR crisis. A similar attempt from Facebook recently drew ire of conservatives and put certain ad revenue under threat. Aside from the morals and ethics, at the heart of the debate of content moderation is a purely financial question. Content attracts viewers. More viewers equals more content and vice versa. Any attempt to reduce content, even the borderline inappropriate content, will reduce viewers and hence impact impacts revenues. The business models chosen by Facebook, Twitter, and Google favor an unremitting, unrelenting drive to add more users, more numbers, more content, and demonstrate growth to investors. More users and more content means more content to moderate and more nuances. But all of that is secondary, a kind of an afterthought. And anyway, it's it's anyway, all, all of that is outsourced. The debate on the usage of internet and governing content uploads is not new. The debate has been going on for uh, 
about more than a decade now and is just about reaching peak interest levels around the world with many governments promising action like EU and UK and few governments like China in fact taking strong action and few just watching how the entire debate pans out and what if any changes come out as a result and few countries just watching how the entire debate pans out and what if any changes come out as a result one thing is certain that the social media companies and the social media giants have some kind of practical handle on how to control the problem of the spread of misinformation for example facebook has comprehensively shown that it can tackle complicated political situations so in the past the company has complied with request from leaders of vietnam and other countries to censor content critical of those governments in in people's republic of china facebook reportedly created a censorship tool that suppressed posts for users in certain geographies as a way to potentially work with the government in many western countries the company has repeatedly used the same technology it uses to identify copyright videos to identify and remove isis recruitment material hence plenty of evidence exists that the means to Uh, spread to to stem the uh, spread of misinformation and to nip the problem of content moderation or or nip it to a large extent uh, exist today and it's only the political will and the and the corporate will to execute uh, against these companies internal uh, structures and the ad spend speak the tech players and the and the media giants around the world have realized one thing it's a tough tight rope walk to control or govern the internet if a platform puts in too strict controls through user reporting mechanism ai ai backed algorithms or, and and human moderators flagging and removing the content aside from the financial impact it will get labeled as a dictator and against free speech if a platform puts in too few controls hosting content freely and with little censorship it's going to get run over by activists from all ends of the spectrum from left to right twitter is a prime example of that for for years and years many of the hardliner groups and many many conservatives found sanctuary among twitter's uh, lax policies however just recently a uh, couple of months back twitter has cracked down on such uh, such white nationalist and and conservative groups however that crackdown took a long a long time coming it's quite like an overflowing pot left simmering for long the only difference is that nobody can lift the pot and no matter which way the pot tilts boiling hot contents are sure to to leave burning scalding marks on whoever comes in the way of the contents now with that let's take a look at the role of regulators and the role of governments in the efforts to moderate content when mark zuckerberg wrote the op-ed in uh, washington post in march 2019 asking for government and regulators to step in to regulate the social media more aggressively and to police the internet he may have elaborated what many insiders feel regarding regarding governing internet and, spe- and specifically what content is uploaded for viewers to view download and use 
Yet not everything seems above board here as the challenges that Mark Zuckerberg cited so eloquently in his, in his op-ed are the same challenges that have plagued tech industry for years. What has changed recently that now the same tech industry that used to cry about freedom of expression and freedom of speech and decried any kind of a government intervention is now calling for governments and the regulators to step in and to take over the regulation of internet themselves. As the efforts to govern the internet continue, many who are fighting the battle daily are coming to realize the magnitude of difficulty this seemingly simple question of what content to be allowed poses. Let's face it, let's Think about it for a minute. Internet was never known to be differential to people's preferences. The advocates of freedom of expression and free speech, often big tech companies themselves, fought for as little government control as possible, decrying every move made by governments or regulators around the world. Technology experts, including big tech companies themselves, believe that for Zuckerberg and other big tech companies, regulation isn't an uncouth word anymore. As with changing times, the big tech is now embracing regulations, not because of any newfound respect for regulations or, or any, any newfound love for the communities, but purely as a business measure. You see, the concept of plausible deniability comes in here again. From early days when big tech companies projected all regulations as reprehensible and fraught and fought any and all regulations tooth and nail to the current day where they are welcoming regulations, the transformation cannot be more melodramatic. Most of the big tech companies today see regulation as a set of common rules enforced by governments and regulators that will allow them to further cement their dominance of the internet. And if anything goes wrong, then they always have the comfort of pointing the finger to the to the big brother regulator or, regulator or the government and they have one more person or one more entity to share the blame with them. So then what is the way forward for content moderation and to maintain the integrity of platforms? So according to the NYU Stern report, the solution is straightforward and calls for increased investment across the board increased focus and commitment and a renewed vigor to maintain the sanctity and the integrity of the social media platforms. The solution then is a multi-pronged approach. The first step of this approach begins with end of outsourcing or to ensure that all the content moderators or most of the content moderators are official employees of the social media companies, thereby generating more accountability and more stakes in the process of content moderation. Increasing the number of moderators significantly is a second and, and another uh, recommended measure, as well as placing content moderation under the dedicated oversight of a senior executive. Facebook or Twitter or other social media companies should also expand oversight in undeserved in underserved countries, the report further suggests. In addition, the health and well-being of the content moderators and the employees should come first. The company should sponsor research into the mental health impacts of moderating the world's content and uh, just performing the job of a content moderator. And finally, the social media companies should expand fact-checking to curb the spread of misinformation. And, and finally, invest in the, uh, the third-party tie-ups and uh, 
the hiring of third party fact checkers by increasing the number of uh, fact checkers and also deepening their approach and deepening their um, impact and and how the fact check content is treated and and how it is taken forward in the context of placing meaningful and uh, and immediate actions on the author of such content finally it's all about once again it's all about maintaining the the sanctity and the integrity of the social media platforms out there content once again as we have all seen is the key to everything content is the key to viewership and viewership is the key to more content and it all starts and ends with content content is typically the starting and the end point of the consumer journey and it cannot be stressed enough that the role of content moderation and the role of fact checking is central and an integral part of every social media company and it's not just a cost center but it's it's an integral part like having a leadership team or an executive team uh, the function of content moderation has got equal if not more importance and, and every social media company should should wake up to it and should um, in in all honesty in all earnest should put right uh, and earnest action in ensuring that the content moderation at at each e company is meaningful and adds value and keeps the content online safe uh, that brings us to the end of this episode thank you very much for listening in to all our listeners uh, as always feedback any feedback is welcome i truly hope that you found this content uh, enriching and informative i hope you found this content enjoyable as much as we enjoyed making it thank you very much for your time have a wonderful day and stay safe